Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Oh, we're doing very, very well. Brian Baldinger uh, joining us right now, Odyssey NFL Insider. First off, am I far off? I mean, how much better is that offense than what a lot of people, a lot of fans thought that the Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be? I think they're dangerous. They went to Seattle, put up 27 points. They've kind of figured out that the only guys that really need to touch the ball in that offense are Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. And they're about as good a three as there is in this league. I mean, as good a trio as any team has in this league. They're dangerous. They're very athletic. They're excellent uh, with the ball in their hands. They went to Seattle. Seattle's not a great defense. But they put up 27 points, and that's what you have to defend if you're Cleveland this weekend down there in Atlanta is those that trio. And Marcus Mariota, if he, he's, he, he's had some moments where you just go, just don't turn it over, and they're going to be fine. And, and he has. So that's They've stumbled a couple of times, but they're a very good offense right now. Now I got what I'm supposed to say. Brian, just let me make sure we're all legal here. We're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger, host of the Odyssey original podcast In the Huddle with Jason Lockenfora and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. Uh, Brian, you watched the Browns offense over the first three weeks. This offensive line, they move very, very well. What are some of the things you've seen with some of the young guys, especially maybe James Hudson over at right tackle before Jack Conklin came in this last week, and maybe even Jedrick Wills over at the left tackle spot. Yeah, and Ethan Pochick at center. He's played yes, very well. I mean, you lose a guy like J.C. Treader, who was just a rock in the middle, and, you know, they find Pochick, who started every game, I think, when he was at Missouri. He's kind of bounced around this league, but he fits in real well. You can tell that Callahan is coaching him up, but it's a good group. It's a really good group. I mean – not going to find a better guard at, you know, I mean, there's Quentin Nelson and Zach Martin, but Joe Petonio is right there. So I think that, you know, the way the tight ends are blocking, I mean, the run game, I mean, I literally, I could, I could draw it up in five minutes. It's not complicated. Um, each week they have about three or four that they kind of really dial up and then they get it going and they can block it against any front and they got two great backs. So it's, they're, they're fun to watch for me. I mean, I love watching them play. Um, what they did to the Steelers was just, uh, it was abusive. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really good at what they do, really good. And right now, that's kind of how this, this thing gets going for Cleveland. Brian Baldinger with us on the hotline. Uh, I, I did see some of your breakdowns and the way that you just described what that offensive line did to Pittsburgh. And I know uh, T.J. Watt did not play in that game, and so much of what they do starts with him defensively. However, uh, it, it seemed at times, Brian, like they knew what the Browns were going to do. They had some of the right personnel groups to defend it, and yet 
How dispiriting when you can't. Well, that's just it. I mean, Pittsburgh knows exactly what they're going to do. I mean, no, nobody knows that offense better than Pittsburgh. They see it twice a year. Um, you know, they, they ran the ball down their throats in the playoff games a couple of years ago. I'm sure Mike T probably reminded them of that. And so you know what's coming at you, and you can't stop it. That's the sign of, a, you know, just a group that really knows what they're doing and believes in what they're doing. And even against a team that knows them as well as anybody, couldn't really do much to stop them. And it was very, very impressive. And on a short week, it was really impressive to see uh, the way they dismantled the Steelers. They're, they're, they're a good front, too. I mean, even without TJ, they got some guys that have played this league, Cam Hayward and Tyson Aluoglu. They've got some guys that have played a lot of football in this league. They know what's coming at them, and they couldn't stop it. At Baldy NFL on Twitter, one of the questions that I have, and it's been three games, teams are seeing what the Browns are doing. And, yeah, a lot of the schemes are similar to what the Browns have done in the past, but now it's a quarterback running it that has a very different skill set than, say, the quarterback before. Uh, what have you noticed from how they are using Jacoby Brissett in this offense right now? Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, he's been, he's been very efficient, okay? <clears throat> I think we've all seen that. But I've never seen Njoku have a game like that against, like he did against Pittsburgh. That's encouraging. They franchised him this year. Sometimes you wondered if he, if he was a part of this offense or what he was. You didn't know. He was injured some. And, but, I mean, that was a, a big part of what thing, th- things are. When they signed Amari Cooper, they're like, great, who's going to throw it to him? And Amari's been awesome. I mean, he's a great route runner. He's fit in really well with this team. Uh, and so I think, you know, I, I think there's a lot left that we can see from Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, but, you know, to run the ball as well as they are, there's only so many touches to go around. So there's a role for him. Uh, we got to see exactly what that's going to become. But Jacoby's been awesome. You know, he's not a runner. He's never has been. Uh, that's okay. They, they got two guys that can run the ball. They got an offense line that can protect. Um, I thought he was great on Thursday night. They got 10 days to get ready here for this weekend. So they can't ask for anything more than Jacoby Brissett, who had – I think he was 14 and 23 as a starter for whatever it's been, three or four teams he's been with. So they can't ask for anything more than what he has given him. Uh, that was, a, that was a, a magnificent performance against Pittsburgh. Should Jerry Jones have rethought trading away Amari Cooper? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's a great player. He's, the thing about Amari is this, and it, it's, not everybody can understand this, but he's a great route runner. We know that. Not everybody – can have slight change of directions like he does without losing speed. All right? Not everybody can do it. So there's certain, only certain body types and athletes that can. But the thing that you have to be patient with with Amari is when you're a great route runner, you have to give them time to win. Like it's not going to happen sometimes in the amount of time that you're looking at that side of the field in your progression reads. But you have to be patient with them. He's going to win. Uh, so stay on him. And, and if your offense line can give you an extra tick, he's going to get it for you. But I don't know. To me, he's, he's an elite player. He doesn't say two words. He's quiet, never complains when he doesn't get the ball for the most part. Um, but he's, 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 he's a great pickup for Cleveland right now. Now, right now, he's, he's not making the mistakes. That's what he's kind of known for. But the limitations that are there are what has prevented him really from 
getting a guaranteed starting job in this league, but the good news is it's three games. You're down to eight games left before Deshaun Watson takes over. What do you think defenses are going to try to do to stop this offense the way it is right now and to try to give Jacoby Brissett the issues that he might have had at times in Indy? Well, I think the teams that really know how to pressure a quarterback, I mean, anybody can blitz. That doesn't mean you can pressure a quarterback. I mean, the Jets blitzed last week, and then they were pathetic at it uh, against Cincinnati. It's about how you attack your, your protections. Those are the clever people in this business, the guys that should get hired. And so, you know, we'll see what, you know, and this guy that you're going to see this weekend knows how to pressure a quarterback. I mean, Dean Pease is about as smart as there is. Now, they don't have great, great talent in Atlanta defensively. They're building on that side of the ball. But they got a coordinator that has won a Super Bowl, that has had top defenses, and he knows how to attack your protections. And if you can do that and you can get free runners to Jacoby Brissett, you might get him into making mistakes. And that's probably what you have to look for this weekend and maybe over the course of the next two months is teams that know how to do that. And so that's, that's the, the thing that I would look to see how he performs when that happens. Why do we overrate play calling so much in sports talk radio? Or don't do we, we? I don't know. Do, do we do that? <laughs> play calling is important. Like, look, Kevin Stefanski is a good play caller, but he knows what he knows what works. The play action game is is really solid, but he's going to let the running game get. He's going to set it up with the run game, and they're really good at it. So, um, it's really everybody has kind of the same play, same play actions, the same speedo routes. It's when you call them. It's it's how you think the defense is going to play on that particular play and how they're going to react. And when you can kind of know the way the defense is going to react based off your play action or based off the play call, uh, whether it's a fly sweep against man coverage and you get them just right, it's, that's kind of the trick is when to dial that, the, the deceptive up, when to dial the play action up, and knowing what the defense is going to give you so that you can take advantage of it. Now, we know that Nick Chubb has been nothing short of special since he's come to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, This show in particular really wanted him to get more touches. He only had 16 carries a game last year. Uh, Obviously, Baker was banged up. Uh, We would have liked to see more of that. Well, this year we're getting exactly what we wanted, and he has been special. Some of the stuff that you detailed, Brian, on video, on social media, just incredible stuff that I don't know that anybody else can do in the NFL. Well, he has... You know, I mean, to say that he has balance, I mean, he's like a cat on a marble table. You can't get the guy off his feet, you know. And so when you watch him, it's a combination of like, – he's, he's got the longest run in Cleveland Brown history, right? 91 yards against Atlanta. Maybe people should go back and watch that one. So he's got home run hitting speed. He, he's got great, great balance. He runs through contact. He's a tremendous – bodyguard for your quarterback in blitz protection and he catches everything thrown his way like there's not a flaw or weakness in his game and so it just keeps showing up over and over and over again brian boldinger joining us on the show i gotta ask a couple of questions just around the nfl Mm -hmm. uh first off lamar he's is he gonna make the ravens pair are they gonna string this thing out for the next few years i don't know i don't know like he's the mvp of the league right now you, you can't let him any if he ever hit the market, uh, he would break the bank of every quarterback that's been signed. 
there'd be a long because there'd be five teams that would pay anything and any amount to get him. Um, at least five. So the bidding war would be crazy. So that's not going to happen. And Steve Bashotti is not going to let that happen. But he's the MVP of this league right now. In the last two weeks, he's averaging over 11 yards a run. He's thrown seven touchdown passes. In the first half against Miami in that shootout, he had a perfect quarterback rating. He's beaten teams from the pocket better than any quarterback in this league right now. There's nothing he can't do. I mean, he's got the cape on, and he's changing in a phone booth. And there's only one of those guys right now. So he's as good as anybody playing the position right now. Why is Baker struggling? Well, there's the, he, I mean, I just think it's everything is new. It, it, it's a new offense. It's new teammates. Um, like the timing with his receivers, it just isn't there at all. Um, it, except, except for, you know, maybe the last couple minutes of maybe the first game of the year. But for the most part, like the timing is just awful right now. And I don't know when it's going to come. Like, I think it will. But right now, McCaffrey is their offense, and defensively, what they did to New Orleans, no offense should allow happen. Saquon looks great again with the Giants. Would you trade him? No. No, I mean, I'd say Saquon's perfect for that offense. I mean, they're, they're very limited. They don't have any receivers um, at all. So right now, Saquon, they got a rookie tight end. It's probably the best option to throw it. But, no, Saquon is a big part of that offense. They could have won that game the other night. Um, like, they're very competitive. They're well coached. Uh, but Saquon looks really good right now, and I wouldn't trade him. Brian Baldinger with us on the hotline. Uh, a few years ago, I put my reputation on the line for Justin Fields. Have I lost all credibility? Well, he was awful against Houston. I mean, just uh, they tried to hide him. They ran the ball for almost 300 yards. It looked like Alabama against, uh, I don't know, uh, Louisiana Monroe or McNeese something. McNeese State. Yeah, McNeese State. Okay, so um, <laughs> that's how it looked. Uh, you know, you don't run for 300 yards in this league. They tried to hide him. They ran the ball in third and ten. They ran it on third and seven. They tried to take it out of his hands. He tried it. He was awful. I mean, he couldn't. He missed open receivers. The receivers that were open threw interceptions. Um, but he made a couple throws. He made a couple runs like he did against San Francisco, and, and the Bears are 2-1. and one. So uh, it, was, it wasn't pretty last week. He even said it. I mean, they fumbled, he fumbled the opening snap of the game, center quarterback exchange. I mean, he just wasn't good. So you got to kind of live with it right now because other parts of this team are, are, are doing pretty well. You, know, you break down tape as much as anybody and as well as anybody. You make it easy for people like us to even understand it. Uh, with all of that said, are there any big-time pioneers right now in the game? Is there anybody doing something that is so different that the rest of the league is going to be copying it two to three years from now, the way that the Shanahan or the Bill Walsh before him, any anything like that right now? Well, I think the offense coordinator in Detroit – is pretty good. They get, you know, they got to make better decisions from the head coach, but that offense quarterback Ben Johnson is pretty good because they're not a great team, but they're scoring a lot of points. Um, they should have beat Minnesota the other day. Uh, the big, the big trend right now in this league is can you beat blitz zero? Uh, Miami started it last, last year. Um, they beat Buffalo because of it. They got the turnover down to six yard line. Uh, the Carolina Panthers got a win against New Orleans because they couldn't figure it out. And teams are starting to copy it and use it. And it's a trend that you're going to see in this league right now. And some teams are really good at beating it. And other teams, 
they don't have an idea what to do. So that's like the next big trend in this league. I, I see it all over the league. Not everybody does it as well as Miami. They got great talent and a great scheme right now and really, you know, great free safety in Javon Holland, a great cover corner in Xavier Howard, which helps. And they got some pass rushers up front. So they're good at it, but you're going to see more and more teams going to it right now on third downs and when they got to get off the field. I say this every time you join us, you break it down so nice for fans because I think there's a lot of maybe former players and coaches who might do it on Twitter and they, it's almost like they're showing off. You're not showing off. You're just doing what you need to do and you make it so nice for fans and we appreciate it, Brian. Thank you very hey. much for the time. All the best. Thanks for watching. Thanks for the compliment. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you guys uh, down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. At Baldy NFL on Twitter. If you want to see how it's done, that's Baldy NFL on Twitter. Brian Baldinger. Odyssey NFL Insider, Brian Baldinger. Make sure to follow In the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Coming up next, we got people on, on hold. We're going to get to them. Coming up at 940, Amari Cooper taught me, all you have to do is ask and he'll answer. And coming up next, sometimes it's okay to just admit you're wrong. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, live on the fan.